Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast, wherein two early 40s curmudgeons stare down the prospect of their rapidly impending entertainment irrelevance. Is that redundant to say you stare down the prospect of something rapidly impending? I, you know, it's the kind of uh, redundancy I like. So You I like know. redundancy. I, I like redundancy too, and I like redundancy. I, I, here's the uh, thing. I like when redundancy repeats. Oh, I like it when it repeats and when it does something twice. When it recurs. I like both yeah. of those things. Yeah, exactly. All right. So I am enough wordplay. I am your, uh, I was supposed to say I'm your quiz master. Oh, God, man, I'm <laughs> I am your co-host. My name is Noah Tarno. I am the founder and senior quiz master of The Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show spectacular. And with me, as per usual... I'm the other curmudgeon that he was talking about before. My name is Bill Scurry, and I'm with American Caesar Enterprises. It's just me, American Caesar Enterprises. That's me. You are American Caesar. I am indivisible from it, and it is indivisible from me. Good to know. All right. Well, good to good to hear your voice, my friend. Today, yes. we are looking at... So on the show, we look at stuff the kids are into, the kids being young adults, e.g. last week's episode, RuPaul's Drag Race. But sometimes the kids is literally the children, the young people. We're looking at wild Kratz. What the hell is that, Noah? What do you did you just make that up? I will explain. (laughs) No, it's a show on PBS Kids since 2011, and it is a entertainment slash educational. One might even say edutainment show. (laughs) Uh, We we got a story about that word. Uh, On PBS Kids since 2011, hosted, produced, written by uh, the Kratt brothers, Martin and Chris Kratt of Warren Township, New Jersey. And the Kratt brothers have been uh, making kids science-based TV programming largely on PBS since uh, the mid-90s. They start with Kratt's Creatures and then Zaboomafu and then Be the Creature. I'm not really sure how those shows are different from Wild Kratz, but Wild Kratz has been their biggest hit. Uh, it is filmed in Ottawa. PBS Kids put $500 million into it to develop it, and it's been a huge hit. It is now broadcast worldwide in dozens of countries, five seasons, uh, getting close to 150 episodes. Martin and Chris Kratt, as I said, are brothers from New Jersey. Martin has a degree in zoology from Duke University. Chris is a graduate of Carleton College in Northfield, Minnesota, my alma mater. Uh, while he was at Carleton, he founded the Carleton Organization for Biodiversity. Uh, his ecology studies post-Carleton were funded by the Explorers Club and the National Science Foundation. He was a recipient of a Thomas J. Watson Fellowship. So it seems to me both of the Kratt brothers have legit science, particularly ecology, animal cred. So the show is mostly animated with a kind of wraparound live-action sequence. It stars Chris and Martin playing themselves as animated adventurers who get involved with... Uh, misadventures involving various animals worldwide. Uh, they uh, working with their psychic Aviva Cobado, a programmer who invents creature power suits. The brothers Chris and Martin. Chris wears green, Martin wears blue. Chris is the level-headed one. Martin is the wild and crazy one. They are able to mimic animal powers to help them defeat various comical foes, including Zach Varmatek, who uses animals as robots, Gaston Gourmand, who has the goal to eat endangered species, and Donita Donata, who is a fashionista who wants to exploit animals for jewelry and clothing. 
the show is aimed at pretty young kids. I would guess like four to eight. Uh, the plots are pretty light. Uh, a lot of science and animal facts. Mostly animals, but they, they also do stuff about... I watched an episode where they talked about how snowflakes are made. And the stakes are never too high. And there's a little allegory in there. I saw one about... Um, a beaver's dam's destroyed, and it's an allegory for deforestation. So has a bit of a light touch. And currently, the Crap Brothers, or I guess starting this fall, are on tour throughout the United States and Canada doing a live show for extremely enthusiastic crowds of children and their somewhat willing parents. For 3625 or above, you can get a ticket to see the Crap Brothers perform live with costumes and videos. I had suggested to Bill we do something that appeals to little kids because I saw the new Mr. Rogers movie and I loved it. I'm a big oh, fan God. of Mr. Rogers. Rogers. Oh, Jesus, that was brutal. And I grueling. asked him, it was grueling great, man. That guy, the yeah. anti-Trump, I tell you. And I said, you know, what's the modern version of Mr. Rogers? And while I think this is not even remotely like that, it did just lead us to ask, like, what's something little kids are into? And I had heard of Wild Kratts, so I said, let's give this a shot. So having dived into the world of Wild Kratts, what do you think? Do you get it? Yeah, I get it. Actually, this is great. There is mm. this was kind of weird. Well, you know me, right? You know that I during the whole Poke episode, I Shanghai the center of the Poke episode to talk about the tuna crisis uh, on the planet Earth, and I was hoping to dissuade people from from eating an, an, an unsustainable fishing supply and bottoming out all the life on, of, of tuna on Earth. And so, the idea of a show based on ecology and conservation and zoology. This is right at my alley. I mean, I had a very positive response to this. I was kind of curious. You said the ages, you think? It was from what? Uh, this is a total wild guess, but I'm a wild Kratz guess. Yeah. But I'm saying like four to eight. I mean, I'll get into it, but I, I think the plots are pretty simplistic. Yeah, the plots Definitely are simplistic. Definitely aimed at young kids. You but know? then what they hang on it, though, I think is a lot more um, substantial. Uh, yeah, that, this, if I had any problem with the show, it was the simplicity of the actual animated right. design. I mean, not, not, I, not the design of an animated show, I should say, in the 21st century is built out of the box with so many of these pieces. Even a show like this, which is made by these two guys who are wonks for PBS of all places, they still subscribe to a lot of the Saturday morning cartoon tropes you know you have a team and there are weapons and there's bad guys yeah. and you know they win and the these. bad guys are not really threatened they're bumptious they're like comical and, villains yeah i was watching this episode where they went to africa and it's the two guys and they're literally just watching animals on the savannah and they're identifying them and they're talking about characteristics that apply back to their biology that's the thing i started with and i was like kind of swept away i'm like yes this is something i i when i was a kid i was very much into zoology i was very much into conservation i was very much into ecology i loved looking at books of animals and and identifying yeah. the different types of species where they lived what they ate you know learning these things was that you know and i love chemistry for that same reason i love geography i mean i had a lot of wonky interests as a kid but you know i loved learning about things it was so important and these guys i see that they took real in this real expertise they reverse engineered a tv show out of the thing that they were interested in just by the dent of their specialty and i really appreciate that because i mean i watch a lot of cartoons i've i've seen a ton of cartoons that are designed for kids and i'm not even talking about bad ones there are a lot of shitty cartoons that are made like out of garbage i'm sorry but like you know pokemon <laughs> is not a good cartoon pokemon is just no. it's a routine but like even good cartoons like adventure time i was talking about this with with my wife shows like adventure time and there's this show on uh, a cartoon network called clarence which is another weird show 
It's very well done, and it's designed, I would say, for the same age group as this. The other shows have a heavy component, especially with like Avengers, Adventure Time. It's about imagination. It's right. about it's about whimsy. It's about characters and how they how they feel. And Clarence, especially as a cartoon goes, is is very quotidian. Clarence, you follow this kid, Clarence, as he goes to school, as he sees his friends, he has comes up with weird plans. But it more or less takes place in the real world, and a lot of it is just watching Clarence process through his feelings. Sometimes it's elation, sometimes it's disappointment, sometimes it's guilt, sometimes it's, you know, ambition. And, and it's a, it is mapping what happens inside the human being. And I think there's a great place for that because we didn't have too many cartoons like that as a kid. But this show is about, this is about wonky scientific zoology. Like uh, right. the episode I'm watching about Africa, they're identifying sources of keratin in different animals. So they're looking at yeah. zebra's hoofs. They're looking at the pangolin's hide. They're looking at the horn of the rhinoceros. And I'm like, this is something else. So I was surprised because I, I just... I just didn't know what I thought this was going to be some sort of disposable garbage but it turns out that this show has kind of a, a, a brain there's actually a glossary going on it was built out of the expertise so I was I was really impressed by that I was hoping you would sling more fireballs at this thing Bill you've let I know, me down I know you were <laughs> I mostly agree I find it very hard to have any negative feelings toward the show at all yeah. um i mean i was i've never been a science geek although you know what i was reminded of I, I was into animals as a kid kind of do you remember i hadn't thought of this in years do you remember safari cards yeah i was just talking about those today because right? of this i mean i feel like every kid to some extent is into animals because animals are fascinating and they're how we learn about life and all these primal things safari cards were it was like a subscription service and i actually i watched some old tv ads and basically every month and of course in those days like it was such a treat to get any mail addressed to you addressed to the kid mm -hmm. i remember the yeah. novelty of something that said noah tarno on it and not my parents name every month you would get a packet of like 10 cards and you got these things and it was a mixed bag and all different kinds of anything from you know domestic cat to animals you had never heard of before right really weird duck-billed platypus noah remember well, it has feet like it has feet like a duck but it's furry but it's fur well yeah you saw that in the ad right so you get yeah. these cards and they give you like a little caddy to put them in part of the fun thing and this is why kids like collecting baseball cards or, or other things is you could classify them and reclassify them anywhere you want so or you could you could put all the mammals together and all the amphibians together or, or classify them by where in the world they live or alphabetize them or whatever you want and it's sort of especially for nerds there's this fun of like recataloging and cataloging stuff kids like animals there's that and you're right i think the crap brothers take a very intelligent educational approach to it uh without being too heavy-handed my, my criticism of this show is it's pretty boring i don't think the anime i agree with you i don't think the animation is very good i think the music's pretty bad i think the voices are not very imaginative i think the plots can be a whole lot better so unlike something like adventure time or i want to say rick and morty but rick and morty's not for kids anyway it, it doesn't have as much adult appeal or i'll say like the incredibles or something like that i just yeah. think if i were watching this with a kid i would only enjoy it to the extent that the kid enjoyed it i'd enjoy it yeah. sharing the experience yeah. with them. that's a minor criticism that's in many ways an irrelevant criticism so i actually am like it's just it's hard to hate on the show so i actually went searching online for negative opinions of the show <laughs> and okay <laughs> i found almost not, i found one guy who was basically a moron and just saying the animation sucks the voices are like nails on a chalkboard chalk b-o-r-e-d and then of course the first <laughs> comment is like you're judging this on all the wrong terms and to his credit he's like all right i guess you're right so you know he's not that bad and then here's what i started doing because i know there's a whole bunch of websites out there that evaluate children's programming from a Christian perspective? Oh, Should you yes, show this to yes. your kids if, if you go to church every week? So like I 
purposely looked for that. Even the Christian people really like it. I found one guy who loved it. He's like, this is very much in line with scripture's message that we must be stewards of the earth and creatures are our brethren and, you know, all this not. So, like, good on them. And he even said, this is interesting, he said, um, I researched to see if the brothers were Christian and I couldn't find out. So I did find one person who was like, well, I was very worried. Do they talk about evolution? Thankfully, they don't. And even someone praised him, like, well, they never say adaptation. They say design, which indicates that they, they are in line with God. And then I'm reading reviews of the live show, and I couldn't find anything negative on that. People are like, the show's great. They give 110%. So I couldn't find really anything negative to say about the show. That's great. So, that is great. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to watch it. I guess in some ways <laughs> it's similar to RuPaul Drag Race in that it's aimed at an audience that is not us. I'm glad it's out there, and I think it stands for something good, but, like, I'm not going to spend my time watching it because I'm just not entertained by it. I'm not supposed to be entertained by it. And good on the Crap Brothers. I mean, they, they built a brand, and they kept their name at the forefront of it, and they make people happy, and they don't seem to piss anyone off, and... Uh, you know, sure, the animation could be better, but why bother? I guess that's not the point. In so much as today you have some of the best animation, I don't just mean the actual design of the characters, but the animation, the movement, because it's right. mostly done in Flash. It's mostly computer-generated animation today, as opposed to the hand-drawn 2D animation we had from our youth. Like, the cartoons we had looked terrible, they moved terrible, and they were frequently badly written. The scripts were terrible, yeah. and there was no nutritional value. And I will say, the cartoons made today look incredible. Even a show like Rick and Morty has this, you know, refer back. We did a whole episode of Rick and Morty, folks, if you weren't aware of this. It has this very shabby aesthetic. And this has a very simple, like, cell-shaded animation style. Right. In fact, the cartoon reminded me a lot of the things that you see at Disney World wetted, at, wetted throughout as ride graphics. And it's, you know, it's very easy to process. The shapes are very simple. It's design-heavy. It's flat colors. Um, so in a way, it's designed perfectly for that age group. I just thought that if you're piggybacking, like, information on keratin in, in zebra hooves onto <laughs> To a plot about a guy who looks like a like a propane redneck chef trying to capture you know. I think the villains are far more interesting than the heroes. I think the villains actually put a smile on my face. The heroes well, I know, find actually, kind of flat. When I was watching, I thought the villains were uninteresting because I thought really? you could make a show like this that's just based on these guys going around uh, on adventures and looking at different animals and and like you know, there's plenty of um, maybe you don't need the kind of drama that a cartoon is t tends to be built with. Do you need a team of bad guys? I don't. I didn't think so because I thought, well, why are you coming here? It's not for these characters. I think the reason why I would be coming there is for the actual uh, pageant of animals. Those things seem much more interesting. What what they were saying, and so I didn't need crappy villains or pastiche villains and the lead bad guy looks like martin shkreli right he just looks like a yeah, he a, really a really, does i didn't get yeah, that but like he totally does <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe that's on purpose i don't know how far back that goes right. no i think he's funny i think um i think the chef is funny i think the, the idea of a guy a chef who wants to eat endangered species i think is funny um and you know i mean it's a little simplistic like oh the there's another villain, a paisley paver or something, and she just wants to pave over all this habitat and make parking lots. I mean, they're simple ideas, but they're for little kids. By the way, what you said about cartoons when we were kids were so bad. I remember reading something in the 80s that said, Saturday morning cartoons are proof that adults hate children. I don't think that's true anymore. You know, something like Rick and Morty. I mean, we're at a point now, The Simpsons really pioneered this, where cartoons are, I don't want to say largely, but to a big extent, not made for kids. They're made for adults. I still view the idea of a cartoon for kids to be old-fashioned, even though there are plenty of cartoons for kids. So when I see a cartoon that doesn't push my buttons as an adult, I kind of go, oh, this is so 
this is so primitive. That's the idea. Uh, I will say this. Yeah. I do think, here's another minor criticism. And again, this is my adult perspective. I think the facts about keratin and snowflakes and whatever, sometimes they feel shoehorned into the plot. They feel like, oh, there's the, the spider monkey, which by the way, can blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. That's Blur, our cheetah buddy from the last time we were in Africa. When Aviva raced her cheetah racer against the Zach Terrain. I don't believe it! When did Blur have a cub? Noah Turner, why do you think this show is popular? We said before, you know, that uh, animals uh, animal, animals love kids. Uh, kids love animals. <laughs> <laughs> Depends. We're talking about eating them or what? A lot of what you hinted at the show has a lot of bright, flat colors. The animation seems simplistic to us, but it's, it's very easily graspable for a child. Uh, the show is intelligent without being hard to follow. It pleases all sides you know like it doesn't piss off christians i really don't see how someone could hate the show from any intelligent perspective at all it really is one of the rare things that can please everyone it's really hit on a very rare formula it makes learning fun it does everything it sits out to do effectively without stepping on any toes and man that is hard these days that's true you'd have to tow it like you said you have to tow a thin line i guess you're right i guess it does do everything that it sets out to do it's possible to well, again, like us up until a couple of days ago, it's impossible to not know it exists in the world of siloed pop culture, for sure. It's possible to watch this and not want to watch any of it ever again, to say that it's not for me now, but it does seem to get the job done. I wonder, since we're so insulated from things like this, if there is a stream of culture that has a nutritional value to it, and is it out there and we just don't know about it? Because I do tend to think that most popular culture that catches on to any degree is by definition empty calories and this show doesn't seem to be that way this seems to be empty calories dressed up with what, what, what to you know to wit to what you said a sort of bolted on educational component depending on how charitable you're being about the presence of uh, factoids and glossaries and things like that so i don't know if this this occupies space in an array with other shows we're just not aware of but it's entirely possible that people parents are saying that we'd rather have something be about something rather than there's enough fantasy and there's enough hollow empty shows and that's right. great i love those hollow, hollow empty shows but maybe at a certain point you want to upgrade to something with a vocabulary that dovetails with a lot of the criticism i was reading which is the positive criticism which is like my kid's obsessed with the show and it's awesome because it teaches them something even the one of the christian women it, her website was about like homeschooling and i was reading the comments and it was literally like oh my god like this is our science class we just watch wild crats uh, you should do more than that, but it's at least you worth should, that but much. Yeah. We're going to do an episode on homeschooling. That'll get us in trouble. <laughs> uh, I think there's that element of this is the, the mindless screen time. Not mindless. This is the screen time that I can feel good about. All the stripes look the same. They might look the same, but every zebra pattern is different. Yeah, not exactly the same, but I still can't tell one from the other. I think I can help with that. I took a picture of Maze's pattern for the crew jackets, remember? I just sent it to your creature pods. Looks like he has a zigzag marking on the side of his neck. If you were a youngster today, would you be a cratiac? What do they call the Wild Kratz fans? A crat, a, 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 a cratian? Yeah, I think I, I think I would. I think that you this think would, would okay. probably have been, in lieu of books and reference materials 
and dictionaries of animals and magazines. And I don't know, again, I don't know how often these things are given to kids as gifts like they were when we were a kid. That maybe at Christmas time or thereabouts, you might find a, a large hardback book, the Encyclopedia of Jungle Dwellers or The Whales of the World or things like that. If you knew me, you knew that you can give me a book about Jupiter and I was going to be occupied for hours just looking at the big red spot and wondering just how big was it. I think that this would have fit in some small way. This is probably more nutritious than G.I. Joe, although I did love G.I. Joe for the point that it, it made me go out and buy toys. I wanted to continue yeah, the action. that's very important. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, they taught you that knowing is half the battle. Knowing was half the battle. We never found out what the other half of the battle was, though. I assumed it was uh, Android Troopers or Cobra Vipers. Uh, I thought the other half was fighting. Combat. Just, just right. balls out Shooting combat. Shooting people. Yeah, Somehow shooting. managing to parachute out of planes that are completely obliterated by, you know, shoulder-mounted rocket missiles. Yeah, I think that makes sense. So that's what we yeah, learned from G.I. Joe. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I would have been on, yeah, I, I would have been up in this, I think. I mean, this also describes an age that I, I remember being heavily into toys as much as I was into nature and as much as I was into ecology and, and the, the, the way in which a kid, you know, young categorizing brain could start to accumulate the names of different horses, the names of the whales to see how many different sharks there are. This would have helped. This would have been my diet. Uh, maybe of, of, of anything we've seen, maybe more than most anything we've seen, I should say, this this looks like the, the thing I'm most likely to have purveyed if I was of the age of intake. I can almost say that confidently. Interesting. Yeah, I think I would have liked it too if I were at the young age. You know, I'm reminded of the safari cards and the animals. And I think I would have related to Chris and Martin as mildly goofy, infallibly high energy, always cheerful white guys. I wasn't always cheerful, but I aspired to that. I would have related to them and I would have seen myself in them and I would have liked the animals and yeah I mean I think I probably would have lost interest in it at the age of seven or eight but sure I'd like this totally I think the confusion camouflage move is working zebras have stripes so predators have a hard time figuring out where one zebra ends and the other begins and it works come on Let's get back inside the herd. The more stripes, the better. So Noah, is Wild Kratz a sign of some natural or entertainment apocalypse? No, quite the opposite. Absolutely the opposite. I mean, we said before, cartoons are better than we were when we were kids, so that's a way we've moved away from the apocalypse, so that's nice. Uh, there's some education value in here, so that's nice. You know, I mean, even if the animation isn't great, it's by our modern standards, so... You know, we're, we're looking at it wrong. People end up actually doing this instead of science education. That's going to be a bit of a worrying sign, but that doesn't seem to be what's going on here. So, no, this is not a sign of the apocalypse. We need more wild crats. Wild yeah, crats. Yeah, we do. Kratises. We do need more Krat of this. Kratum. You know, I think, I think you're right. I was wondering how how would you cultivate a sense of um, wonder? And I didn't meet too many other kids who were really into it as much as I was. I'm not saying I'm, I was totally unique. I just you know it didn't come up a lot. Really? So, but it so was you fine. other yeah. kids at your school were not into animals and not into science and not into I'm, all that. I'm sure they were, but it wasn't what we were talking about once we were with right. each other. I think that we were much more chattery in terms of the pop culture and the sort of the business of kids right. stuff. We weren't really discussing you know. Hey, what's your favorite dinosaur? That wasn't really what I remember doing in 1981 or 1982. Um, right. These guys seem like real preachers, you know, with a, with a small P, like, a, you know, proselytizers because they really believe in what they do. They're professionals. They're accredited, degreed experts in this sort of thing and a bunch of different fields. So that's that's really reassuring. I mean, how the hell could something be apocalyptic when you have what I would say big hearts and, you know, a giant wide expanse of, of competency fixed mm -hmm. on something like this? That's a great mm -hmm. sign. There's no nothing apocalyptic yeah. about about that. Look at us being all happy this week.
How often does that happen? <laughs> Whoa! Even as babies, they're strong. It's so wild that a baby orangutan is strong enough to grab and hang when he is just six hours old. When he's around a year old, he's as strong as a grown-up human. Do we harbor any jealousy for wild crats? Or the phenomenon of wild crats? Or the crat brothers? Uh, you know, it's there's such little spillover in terms of what I do at any point in my life and what these guys do. I could imagine feeling like, not that I thought that looking at pictures of whales and looking at pictures of uh, land animals, pachyderms, was somehow my sole province. I have always felt this connection, though. And I did feel like it was a little bit of an exceptional thing for me because so few people paid attention to the natural sciences when we were kids. Uh, I could also say that, you know, this is a digression. I feel like we were right on the tail end of this generation where the idea of striving and evincing knowledge was starting to become very uncool. And it was a very <laughs> complex. And well, that's a, that's a sign. I just thought like, that's a sign of the apocalypse. We were right there, though. We were right there with the idea that if you did well in school, you were considered a nerd and people made yeah. fun of you. And I, I was really yeah. confused by thinking, wait a second, but this is what I'm supposed to do. This is the reward system. My peers are deriding me because I did well, because I'm a consistently good student at every step along the way. I mean, this is this is an elementary school. When you get in high school, it's different. By that point, you're specialized. But I thought kids would much rather make a, a lampoon of me and my love of these things rather than cultivate their own sense of wisdom because it'd be easier to look like you don't care. It's easier to look like you're bad at something rather than to excel and to somehow make people feel bad about themselves. I don't know. Right. Maybe how that plays into this is that I would have loved to um, found a way to fuse that early wonder and that early love with a professional thing, the way the Kratz have. I never realized you had such an interest in that stuff. But sure. I learned so much about you doing this podcast, Bill. Also, the elf on a shelf you put in my house. You're watching me all the time. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm incredibly jealous of the Crap Brothers because not only are they get to enter, I mean, I get to entertain people for a living, but they get to do it on a much larger level. So I really admire that. And I'm really proud of how children like me and they do that exponentially. Uh, but also, and I'll tell you, this was smart. It's not called, you know, Wild Kingdom Adventures or or they moved up from Zuma Bufu or whatever it was called. It's called Wild Crats. So they play themselves. They have branded themselves. And I've, I think it's no surprise to anyone who's listening to the show, I am an egomaniac and I got into entertainment <laughs> partly because I wanted to be a star. They made it about them. I mean, it is the wild cracks. You know, they can't That's leave. True. Yeah. You know, get, getting back to when uh, we briefly were talking about doing a TV show, you know, the deal I had was like, yeah, you're almost definitely not going to host it. Th they can't do that. It's about them. They made them, and, and celebrity is by far the most powerful force in our culture now. Like, shit being sold by a celebrity goes farther than high quality stuff being sold by a nobody. That's just the way it works. They very wisely made it about them. I mean, it about their personalities. This isn't to discount any hard work or any intelligence or any, you know, thought they put into it. It's all very impressive in its own way. They hit upon something very smart, and I, I wish I had. So mm -hmm. good on them, you know? I'm yeah. insanely jealous. And um, God damn you, crap brothers! So... Yeah, this is a good one. So, so yep. or, was, or was it? Maybe you guys do want friction. Maybe this uh, one sucked. Know. All right. So what are well, we talking about in the future? Well, we want to talk about Bo Burnham, right? Yeah, we're going to discuss Bo Burnham, I think, is a good one uh, because he's got a movie coming out, eight, Eighth Grade, which uh, I'm sure everyone here is absolutely aware of. But but stick with us because I believe we're going to we're going to make something. We're going to make some good hay out of that. It's a good topic. Uh, that might be it. I, I, we don't have anything else on, on for concrete. Nothing else is in black. Ink you right. had mentioned uh, something Sean, that I, Sean Mendes. Sean Mendes. 
Well, okay, in any case, look for us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us, Noah and Bill Don't Get It at gmail.com. Visit I Don't Get It Podcast and give us a review. We will read it online. On on the air, I should say. That's what more could you ask? It's it's reward system. We're we're pandering. All you need in life. So I am on Twitter at William Scurry. I am on YouTube at AM Caesar. And before I leave, I'd like to plug I did two podcasts last week in case the listeners here are in case you like my voice so much you want to hear more of it <laughs> I did two additional podcasts out of the ordinary there was a friend of mine named Cole Smithy does a podcast called Le Grand Bouffe which means the big feast and we talked about a Ken Russell movie from 1991 called Whore with Teresa Russell yeah. uh, that's if you go on if you go on Twitter you'll find the links for that and I was on my good friend James Hancock's podcast, uh, Wrong Real. This is, I think, my 10th appearance on his show. And I was talking about Francois Truffaut's The 400 Blows. We have a good 90-minute conversation about that. All on Twitter, everybody. Take a look. And my friend Noah, you will find him at... At Noah Tarno on Twitter and uh, BigQuizThing.com, at BigQuizThing. Uh, we do corporate and private trivia events, but uh, so this summer... I will be back on the East Coast for some time. As I did last summer, I'm going to take the opportunity to do a couple rare public events. So we will be back at our old Boston home of Oberon in Harvard Square on August 7th. Open to the public uh, trivia game show spectacular, big prizes that's coming together. And we will most likely be doing a similar public event in New York at the end of August. Date TBD. We're working on it. I hope to have that pinned down. Manhattan or GTFO? You got to do it in New York and Mountain Island. Uh, It will be in Manhattan. Good, great. If it goes the way we're planning. And then, of course, private corporate events nationwide. We got stuff coming up in Minnesota and Dallas, and uh, most of our stuff's in New York and California. So learn more at bigquizthing.com. There you go, everybody. So we brought another one into port. And if you see a charging buffalo or a rhino or an elk, I believe you will be one step closer to getting it in this case. Okay. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2018.